0: It's Brittany Chisholm. You're listening to the Moto X Pod Show.
1: Damn right, I picked that song. I love the Misfits, dude.
2: Yeah, I saw them a couple years ago, but they were terrible live. Were they bad live? Yeah, I thought so.
1: I've heard that from uh, more than one person. It says they're not really very good live. had a few different
2: singers. I, I can't remember the guy. It was, it was I, Doyle, I think, that was singing that night, but it just wasn't good.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't know what's going on with that group. There's always something there. Yeah. But,
2: but yeah, the, this is a bitchin' song. Hell yeah. yeah.
1: This is probably my favorite Misfit song. I like, okay. I think I like all of them, but this, the album this is on, the uh, American Psycho album, is my favorite. So I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, I'm thinking
2: this. I like the vocals. I haven't heard, I lo- I've heard a lot of their stuff, but I haven't heard this. Uh,
1: yeah, the whole album like, is, is pretty good. Like this, like it's not, it's not as punk sounding like as the old Danzig stuff. Right. But I mean, it's still good, you know. But uh, anyways, guys, episode three of the Moto X Pod Show is brought to you by Broadway Powersports dot or Broadway Powersports Tyler, Texas. Excuse me. Visit BroadwayPowerSports.com, dot com. Yamaha, Suzuki, Kawasaki. Can-Am, Polaris, firearms, and more. They've got a uh, full line of uh, moto stuff in there. They've got uh, what? Yeah, yes. Go ahead. Sorry, it doesn't matter. Who gives a shit? But anyways, they uh, if you need it, they've got it in there. They online price match. Uh, it just if you need to pick up a, a can of filter spray, if you need a pair of motocross boots. If you need ammunition, if you need tires, if you need service, they've got you covered. So give those guys a shout over there. Show them some love. Shock Socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork seal protector. Visit your local dealer for uh, info on how to get you a set of shock socks. I, I highly recommend uh, it's it's a a little bit of money to save a a big pain in the ass of a problem. Nobody likes leaky fork seals, and me for one, I don't. I'm not gonna fix them. I'm gonna take them to somebody else to get them done. Word. So uh, this this eliminates that. It's um, it's an amazing product for a relatively low cost, and uh, I highly recommend those. MX Girl Designs. That's G U R L guys at MX Girl on Instagram or uh, MX Girl Designs on Facebook or Interested in a great, high-quality set of graphics at a uh, a reasonable cost? Uh, Email char at mxgirl.com. That's C-H-A-R. Remember, guys, it's G-U-R-L. Give Char Char a buzz and uh, have her put you a template together. All sport dynamics, visit motocrosswristbrace.com. These are the same braces worn by Weston Pike, Adam Cincerillo, Joey Savacci, Brock Tickle, and more. Uh, I highly recommend uh, you get you a set of these. Jamie and I both ride in them, and uh, I, I would not ride without them. I like my wrists. I don't like breaking them, and this will help with that. So uh, get get uh, give all Sport Dynamics a, a buzz on the Internet and uh, or give them a call, however you want to do it.
2: On the interweb.
1: On the interweb. And uh, I want to give a shout-out to our buddy Carl York. York Welding and Fab, they've been a sponsor of us. That is, uh, that is ceasing. He's uh, changing his business up a little bit, however – we're going to continue – he's going to continue working with us, and uh, we'll, we'll give you more details on what that's going to do. They're going to be uh, probably uh, – we're going to have a good outlet for you guys to get some motor work done on your bikes or, or just general service, things of that nature. So uh, we'll get back to you on that. And as always, we want to give our guys over at uh, TPJ Racing some love. Um, Ted Parks and the boys, Ben LeMay killing it this year. Oh, so wow. give those guys some love. And uh, anyways, guys – Mark Poole, Jamie Guida, Muscle Mark Dark Side in the house. What up, dude? What's going on?
2: Episode 63. 60
1: freaking three of these damn things. Who knew, man? <laughs> Who knew?
2: Yeah, it, it doesn't take long.
1: Yep, yep. I figured TJ would have mass murdered all of us by now, as much as we fuck with him.
2: Well, maybe that's why he gets away for a couple weeks at a time. Yeah, so he doesn't kill
1: us. A <laughs> <laughs> little tense on the phone back then, just now, wasn't he?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Freaking jerk. <laughs> Freaking
1: jerk. You're in the middle of the desert out there, dude. Can't be doing that to us. <laughs> but uh, we had a great uh, – what I thought was a great race this past weekend. Yeah. Probably the best track I've seen in a lot of years of yeah. Supercross. I wish they would make them all this way.
2: Largest floor of a stadium. That was made it a little easier to make such an awesome track. Well, but that yeah. that
1: too, yeah. But we need more of those technical rhythm lanes and yes. longer whoop sections. and, and Bigger and whoops. And non uh, – a non-track uh, full of chicanes and things like that. You need more of that stuff. So, uh, Aaron Plessinger and Eli Tomac killed it uh, in their respective classes. Both won. Uh, Got to give it up, man. I, Tomac just kind of started off two rounds, no points, and then has won both of them since then. <laughs> he I, likes to
2: make it interesting, doesn't he? Yeah,
1: and, and there's a lot of people still think he can't catch up. I do. I for sure think he can.
2: So it's definitely possible. I mean, it's – I mean, The a, odds are against him, but, yeah, it's definitely there.
1: The, I mean, you know. If I know, he can be consistent. I anyway. know he blew it last year. and I know it's more points this year he's got to make up, but he's also not chasing Ryan Dungey, yeah. So, I think – and plus Marvin well, is kind of out of it at this point. He's in the same boat Eli's in. Last you know?
2: year it was a little less points, but it was against a guy that rarely finished outside the top three. He,
1: against a guy that isn't going to lose points. But, you
2: know, if you heard, Travis Mark said that on everybody else, he made up 100 points. Yep. The same everybody else that's still in this series this year mm-hmm. so it's not impossible like i i definitely don't have him out but no, I, I, I
1: he's he's still not going to have an easy time no. though we got Kenny starting to hit his stride Justin Barshers yeah, riding amazing he is. yeah and uh, I really like what I'm seeing from uh, the 51 this I like year.
2: Attitude. I don't. Have you gotten that far? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. No.
1: Justin's awesome, man. Yeah. He. Uh, well, it just shows you that the guy's a true professional. Mm-hmm. He Agreed. understands, you know. And things happen, man. You know how it goes. Sure. You, you get. You start this this whole game young, and you're a baller from day one. You're the man. You're the guy. Everybody's looking at you. Everybody's, and it's easy to let things get away from you. Ego being one of them, or attitude, whatever you want to call it. But, uh, you know, when uh, he was faced with the fact that there was nothing out there for him, he put his head down, he did what he had to do to change it, and he's doing great, and I applaud him for it. I think it's awesome.
2: Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm excited that he's up there. It's one more guy in the mix. You know, a, dude, a guy that can be aggressive at times, but hasn't. Well, been, hey, I mean,
1: Anderson's kind of having to do the same thing. Yeah. You know, dudes don't like that crap. you right. Know? And you're right. not going to – and you've heard uh, a lot of other people talk about this, Mathis, all these guys – if you're trying to win a title, you don't want any damn enemies out
2: there. No, no, you're so, right. Look at what happened to Dungey last year when teammate Chad read mad. Well, yeah, when
1: he pissed Chad <laughs> off. I mean, now that could have really been costly for him. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, you definitely, especially like, I mean, there's the, still the Vince Freeze is lurking out there, which I know Vince is doing a lot better this year. Fly Racing's Vince Freeze now. Yeah. That's awesome. I wonder what ha- did they say? What like happened with the JT deal? Is it just is that gear going away again or what?
2: Man, I haven't heard a word. I haven't heard I anything. Know.
1: I don't see anybody wearing it. No, so it must be. It's
2: probably hard to stay competitive in that business.
1: Yeah, I would say so, man. It uh, especially it with a lot the, of money. It was yeah, especially with the guy. You know, the foxes, and the, I mean, everybody's got a distributor backing them, right, it's, right? You can't screw with them, you know. So if JT didn't have one, then I see what the deal is. Right. But, uh, anyways, great race. I uh, we're gonna have some great guests tonight, guys. Uh, Aaron Plessinger. Uh, winner from this past weekend hey, yeah he was we're gonna talk to him we're gonna talk to the bud man buddy antonez five-time arena cross champ jgr racing's buddy antonez we're gonna then we're gonna finish out with two privateer heroes alex negi and uh K clayson
2: K clayson
1: K clayson fxr racing's now fxr racing's yes. K clayson he's uh got a big boy job now and that's cool we're yeah gonna hear about uh, hopefully that.
2: we're gonna hear about him getting back to racing because i know there was a big phone call in the last couple of weeks I haven't heard what the status of that is. Well, we're gonna maybe ask, he'll tell us. Maybe he won't. We're
1: gonna ask him, for sure. What What the hell was that?
2: I don't know. The mic got <laughs> the mic spiked.
1: It did. It's uh, everything spikes in here, man. This is such <laughs> a janky deal. I mean, I, we yeah. make it work very well, but uh, thanks to fucking hey. TJ, we do. Yeah, anyway. yeah. Because
2: if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have any of this shit. So uh,
1: I want to tell you this much: if his it, you give him a bunch of shit and pieces and let him figure out how to put together and he'll do it. You know. Oh yeah. It might yeah. be different than you would have done it, hey, but he'll make it work. Have you
2: seen the movie The Martian? Where uh, the guy, well, I can't even think of the dude's name now that um from Goodwill Hunting. Um what's that dude's name, the actor? Jason Bourne. Anyway, he's a he's a astronaut, gets stuck on Mars. Oh yeah, Matt off. Matt Damon. Matt yeah. Damon, there you go, yeah. yeah. I can see T J getting off. Like he would he, he would build a spaceship out of something and find Speaking his of, he, he's, texting,
1: he's texting me talking shit right now. So oh, I, is he mad? I, I sent him the middle finger emoji. That's the only response he's going to get from me. <clears throat>
2: but um, That's me. Hey, anyways. I, I, uh, I, mean, I don't know what to say.
1: Uh, who cares? But uh, anyways, this will be uh, – he'll have to uh, hear about it on the replay. We can shit talk him all we want right now. He can't do anything about right. it. Right. I'm fine. Which I'm fine with. But uh, racing's been good this year, man. We need more tracks like we had this weekend, though. Build some big whoops, build some big rhythm sections. Let the uh, let the dudes race. Let the let the cream rise to the top. It should be that way. That triple on off was badass. Oh yeah, no doubt. I know in group text I was just going on and on about it Saturday. Yeah, yeah. But that was badass.
2: Yeah, you weren't the only one. There's some of the other group texts I was in, everybody's that I mean, that was a cool section. That that was one of those sections that we haven't seen in years. Where it separates the elite guys, yeah. the James Stewart types. Of, oh my God! Did you see that he jumped that?
1: Nobody else would.
2: We haven't seen anything Let's like that. Let's be a honest. Long time. James
1: would have quadded over that thing and then <laughs> quadded that whole next set too. Right. You know. But uh, anyways, yeah. guys, that's yeah, about that time. We're going to get to our first guest. We're going to take a quick break and be back. All right, guys, we're going to get to our first guest. He was uh, the big winner in, uh, of the Glendale uh, – the race in Glendale, excuse me, 250-class winner, Star Racing's Aaron Plessinger. Aaron, what's up, dude? How's it going, boys? Thanks for
0: having me on the
1: show. Man. You're, i hey, glad to have you. Now, Aaron, is it Plessinger or Plessinger? It's uh, – well,
0: I mean, I say it both ways, but by, uh, my grandma's always said it Plessinger.
1: I'm gonna say uh, pl- I'm gonna say singer I'm gonna say Plessinger then, because I thought that's what it was, but I keep. I mean, you never hear the same thing twice from anybody, so right. you know.
2: So how you feeling probably, after yeah. your second win of the season?
0: Uh, I'm feeling pretty confident. Um, got off to uh, really good starts in uh, Phoenix, and yeah, just uh, really on, a, on a high right now, and um, me starting behind Joey and Shane and passing them both, uh, it really gets my confidence really uh, really going. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this weekend, hopefully uh, hopefully extend
1: my points lead. Yeah, absolutely. It's cool to see the red plate back on your bike. Now, we keep talking about how awesome we think this track is. We Obviously, we didn't have to ride it, so we don't really know. But I felt like this is an Aaron Plessinger-style track. How did it suit you? Obviously pretty good. You're at the top of the box, but did you like it?
0: um yeah 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 so uh definitely um you're, you're talking about uh phoenix
1: yeah yeah i'm sorry did i say something else yeah
0: yeah oh. uh no i i i kind of got confused a little bit but uh no um the track was awesome uh the whoops were great they were uh they were safe and uh, i mean they got they got a little uh dry but you know the the rhythms were awesome they uh they had two really long rhythms and i really i really gelled with the track and the sand section was a little a little hairy but uh we made it through <laughs> and um yeah it was just my kind of track it was technical and the loops were big and it just uh i mean the track gelled really well
1: that sand section there were some dudes getting cha-cha going through there
0: <laughs> yeah yeah definitely uh almost tossed away and um, one lap in there it was uh it was pretty
2: crazy. It got it got wild. <laughs> well, we were talking before you were on that this is one of the first tracks, and in, in a long time it seems like where there was a section or two that really separated the elite riders from you know the next level down a little bit. It wasn't it wasn't just a track where everybody could do everything. Kind of like you know, I mean, it's been a few years since we've had a track like that. I mean, do you like that to have that extra challenge that hey, I can do this and this guy behind me can't?
0: Oh yeah, definitely. It uh, it definitely makes for a good racetrack when, when things separate people and uh you can make some passes and you know, there were some hard rhythms that that other people couldn't do that I just uh I just flowed really well with the track and I could get it done and um yeah, it was just I think it was a, a great racetrack and and uh made made for some really good passing and really good racing.
1: How many did you put, you, did you pull that, uh, that three on three off any during the main event? I don't, I don't remember for some reason.
0: <laughs> no, I, uh, I seen the four fifties doing it in practice and, uh, shoot, I, I thought about it and, and when I was walking the track, but actually when I, when I did the three on, it was i would land where i would unload my suspension and if i actually hit that i would probably went nose diving right into the face of that big jump oh
2: yeah don't do that (laughs) yeah well i don't know if you remember and i i I think i said something to you about this in a text i I called your win at houston because i knew that track was going to get nasty and it got ruddy kind of like you like you know and are you are you a little disappointed that you didn't get to ride the East Coast for the ruts? I mean, was that kind of a bummer when that happened?
0: Um. Well, I was. Uh, I've actually been projected to ride um, East Coast for two years now, but um, I mean, I did it in, in sixteen, and it was it was cool. But I mean, I like the tracks either way. I okay. Mean, ruts or no ruts, it's. Uh, I don't know. It's it's good to have ruts, but. I uh, I kind of want to label myself as an all-around rider and not just get in ruts. So, sure, well, I, think, uh, I think it was good for me to do do West this year.
1: I think it's good to have that attitude, man. Because when you move up to the big bike class, you got to race them all, and uh, that a lot of guys are you know seem to claim that they're one they like one thing or another, man. When you get premier class, you got to race it all. It doesn't matter. So that's good that you're already thinking on that on ter- on those terms.
0: Yeah, for sure, and. I – I definitely I definitely like the rest and, and, and all that but I I think uh riding out here in California it's it's really uh made me good at hard pack because I mean the uh the test tracks get really, really hard packed and really uh really slick. So I've I've found myself riding really good on that stuff too. So it uh hand in hand for I go four fifty and um, yeah, I'm really I'm really pumped to do that.
2: Would you ever, after Supercross outdoors, that kind of things over? Would you ever consider going back to doing some off-road stuff? I
0: definitely, definitely want to. Um, Star doesn't really uh, doesn't really want me to uh, get off of uh, motocross and Supercross right now, but right. definitely when when the uh, when the motocross and Supercross career are over, um, I definitely would like to get out get out in the woods and, and dine stuff with
1: those guys for sure well you've got a, a hell of a pedigree for that and it's funny because we were listening to shorty on the uh pulpit show the other day and he just raced that the car the car rally you seem like one of those guys that's kind of gnarly like that you just handle it like you you would like it i mean it's it's a little bit psychotic to me to go do something like that but i bet you could kick a little ass at it i don't know i mean i i would i would love to do something
0: like that i would love to to do uh the and uh ride one of those big bikes i definitely have to uh get some practice on one for sure but i think that would be that would be badass
1: Dude, they got dudes with uh catheters that are just PM. Yeah. right <laughs> yeah, yeah it's kind of a it's <laughs> kind of a deal like shorty rode the last eight hours or whatever with a broken tip like, it's, it's
2: yeah those guys are nuts after th- i didn't realize how much went into that how heavy those bikes were and how much stuff they had to carry it's I've never it felt doesn't like, even sound fun to me.
1: I've never felt like such a vagina after <laughs> yeah, listening to yeah. that, you know. Yeah, <laughs> Shorty's a
2: man. Yes, he is. So, man, um, so you know, you're doing really well right now. Um, I feel like you have an extremely good chance of winning this championship. Um, what do you feel like are your best qualities as a racer?
0: Um, I can tell you one thing that is. Not my quality it is practice. <laughs> Not too good at practice. But, uh, do you mean you know, the do you mean I, the qualifying
1: times practice or just practice during the week?
0: Um, I'm I'm good at practice during the week, but qualifying I actually qualified ninth this past weekend.
3: <laughs> wow!
0: It was, yeah, qualifying isn't isn't my uh, isn't my thing, but right once we get to the races, I uh, I turn it around somehow and and pull out the. uh the laps that those guys are running in practice. <laughs> so, well, that's, I think, I think that's one good trait that I get. And, uh, consistency, man. I've, yeah. I've always been, uh, pretty good at, at consistency did not It isn't, it hasn't shown yet, but, um, at the practice tracks, I'm, I'm consistent all week. And, uh, this year it's really <laughs> showing, um, that obviously, uh, A2 didn't go the way I wanted it to, but it was, a, it was definitely a weird format, weird track, but, um, if you uh if you take that out I'm I'm I guess second at A one and uh first in Houston and first in Phoenix. So consistency's gonna gonna play a big factor in this, I think.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean that, hell Ryan Dungey's shown that. That's that's the way to win championships. But you mentioned the uh the triple crown format. Did you not like that format or just not like that track or both?
0: Um I think it was a good good format i think it's a good idea um i told the guys maybe uh maybe a little a little bit longer mains would have been uh, uh nice and mm-hmm. and maybe uh, a little bit more technical track but um i think it was it was cool for the fans um when you are going actually to the race i heard a little bit mixed uh mixed emotions about the tv showing i think it was uh, a lot of waiting around and and stuff but i think I think it's cool. Um, It's definitely cool for the fans to watch uh, six premier gate drops in one night and and see us racing uh, a lot more than they would.
2: Yeah, yeah, for for sure as a fan, we all loved it. We thought it was amazing. Yeah, I think maybe they should have put a little more time in between the 250s and 450s and then made the time between (laughs) the 450s and the 250s a little shorter, you know, kind of even it out a little bit more because sitting at home – between the, the Motos 1 or Main Event 1 or whatever you call it, Main Event 2, it felt like it was three hours, you know. And
1: I like the platform they got. Yeah. I think they've got something good to work with. They just Definitely. Need, they need to get a better track And next I think time. Phil knows that. They're yeah. working
2: on those things already. They've already heard all the feedback. But it, I wouldn't be surprised in the next couple of years we get a lot more of those. So For sure. And, yeah, I, I agree with oh, you yeah, yeah. doing maybe three 10-minute or three not, something, you know, where it's maybe the first one isn't yeah, so yeah. short
0: i uh, yeah I think uh I think three ten minute or even three twelve minute would be uh would be ideal, but yeah, like you guys said i think um I think in the future we're gonna see a lot more of that and a lot more um uh, a lot more changes in this uh this series for sure, yeah for sure, yeah.
1: it seems to be headed that direction, and people are calling for it and I mean, I guess it is what it is, you know, I'm sure you guys want it to be consistent one way or another if we're gonna do this, let's do this. You know, if we're, we're going to do that, let's just stick to that. I don't know. Some some like it, some hate it, but we enjoyed it at home for sure. <laughs>
0: no. Yeah, I think it, I think people come around to it, and uh, I definitely liked it. I mean, my starts weren't uh, weren't the greatest, but I mean, you know, the people that did get good starts, they they did good. So um, I uh, I kind of went back and worked on my starts and it showed in Glendale.
2: Absolutely, yeah, yeah, for sure so hey there's been talk over you know i guess well with the arena cross rules that they brought in a few years ago where you had to go right people have to go race arena cross to get their points to ride supercross you had to go through that am i right you had to race some arena cross first
0: yeah yeah i actually did some in, in 2014 um they had at baltimore which i um won the the arena cross class in the second night and then uh I did uh, Greensboro, North Carolina, and Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, after after Baltimore, they kind of got sick of me and they inserted uh, <laughs> started roughing me up a little bit. Yeah, right.
2: <laughs> what do you feel like that actually gave you some Supercross experience, or is it just so drastically different that it really didn't affect Supercross?
0: Um, I think for sure it gave me gave me a little insight on what I was to expect. Um, I mean with the autograph signings and all the cameras in your face and racing in front of that many fans and uh yeah I never really got that in in amateurs sure. um and then I think one one thing that helped out uh tremendously was was doing the arena cross and then going straight into uh Monster Cup and then straight into Super Bowl.
1: So you do think it was beneficial cuz you hear a lot of guys say there's no re- there's no reason to do that. You you think it was beneficial for you though?
0: i think it was beneficial for me for sure i mean you get to race fast guys that that, that aren't scared to run it in on you and right. uh you really need to get used to that if you're if you're coming to supercross for sure
1: <laughs>
2: for sure it sounds like it's not going to matter anymore because the word is that arena cross is going away
1: that's the rumor we heard anyways i don't know if there's any any substance to that but it seemed like a pretty credible source it was it was telling somebody we know that that they're Feld's gonna scrap that series. I hope that's not the case, but
0: Yeah, I hope that's not the case. Um Arena Cross brings in a lot of
3: uh,
1: good publicity, I think, and,
0: and uh they race in a little smaller towns, so I think it's I hope that's not the that's not the case and, and I hope they uh continue to do Arena Cross and I think uh maybe if they threw us in there for, for a race or two. It yeah could, right. Uh, they change their minds. Yes, uh, yeah
1: right. Yeah, that would be cool. What I like about arena cross too is it still has the grassroots feel. I know it's a professional, uh, professional organization, professional race, but it's and it's not that supercross is bad or anything. But you just kind of you still like you said they go to the smaller towns. They're in the smaller arenas. It just gives you more of that 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 grassroots feel that you don't really get in in the in the pro scene at the top. You know.
3: Yeah,
0: for sure. I think. Uh, I think a lot of people that don't know about motocross go to arena cross and they kind of open their mind to it a little bit, and when they see the, the good racing going on, they start to get into sport a little bit.
1: Right, right. Aaron, I've got a, I've got a comment on uh, your boot selection for this past weekend. <laughs> Those things were sick. I was telling these dudes, in the uh, all I could talk about in the group text all Saturday was that three-on, three-off and Plessinger's boots. That's literally all I could talk about. <laughs> Those were sick. I loved them
0: yeah yeah those are those are some sick boots those are actually boots from uh from last year um i can't remember what race it was that we wore them uh the first time but i think it was one of the outdoors and uh yeah i just i i kept them on the truck because i knew there was uh there was gonna be a time where i break them out again
1: <laughs> there you go so you guys will do that then you'll you'll keep some stuff on from year to year like like i mean obviously not gear but boots like you'll keep a couple sets on the truck and pull them out from time to time
0: yeah, yeah, for sure. When when something uh, when when we get a gear piece that that matches well with uh, some boots we, we've already had, we we just throw them on and, and uh, maybe maybe win that lit kid award.
1: <laughs> well, you should win it for this past weekend. You definitely should. I think yeah. when Tickle won it, didn't he? Yeah,
2: I'm on the best dress bandwagon. Well, so. well,
1: hey, let's get let's get Blessinger on yeah. that one then. He can win that. He should have.
2: I don't do the lit kid. I'm old, Aaron. <laughs> i'm on chris Kiefer's program best dress but yeah the boots were n- gnarly and uh so hey man when you have a day off let's say you just let's say you get a weekend off you got nothing to do what would be the what would be your go-to hobby outside of moto
0: so i uh i really like fishing a lot um it's kind of hard to do here in california but um whenever i get a chance to go fishing i'll go fishing um i like riding go-karts um you know, it's uh, it's kind of hard to to have uh, a lot of hobbies with this sport, yeah. but I, I kind of find things to do around the house and, and uh, kind of try to i want to stay stay in a little bit, rest for for a while. But uh, other than that, I like fishing. I like uh, playing a little Xbox here and there, and yeah, maybe uh, maybe throwing some go karts on a week off
3: there you go
1: there you go is there any good bass fishing in california to be done or no
0: well to tell you the truth i think the one of the, i think california has like gnarly big bass wow they just they just don't come out <laughs> i think uh they when they when they do spawn i think they they go down to the bottom and they stay there for a couple years and they just get fat <laughs> and then I think one person catches them, and then they catch on, and it's over from there. <laughs> right, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, like, I think trout is big out there, isn't it?
1: No, it depends on if there's a river for it. Like, I'm sure there is river. somewhere, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think uh, a lot of people go go fly fishing out here
1: and, yeah. uh,
0: in, like, little creeks and creeks and rivers and uh, catch, like, little miniature salmon and, and all that. So I'd like to
1: do that one day. Definitely. That does sound fun.
2: Yeah, I I remember. Um, I was gonna add. Do you take your pole with you, like when it's for the nationals? Because I know a lot of the tracks have ponds and creeks.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. A lot of the nationals have uh, have a lot of rivers and creeks by. Um,
2: I think mean, I went. I
0: went fishing uh, at Redbud. Didn't really catch anything. Um, I think the fishing at. I uh, uh, think the guys on the team went fishing at, at muddy creeks. That they caught a few. But uh, I really want to go fishing at, at Colorado. I think they got a, a big river up there, and uh, I'd like to uh, get my line in up there.
1: There you go. Yeah, I've got a <clears throat> I've got a friend I grew up with that lives in that same area, and, and all he does is fly fish, and, and is just obsessed with it. And you know, <clears throat> excuse me, they've got they've got the perfect uh, landscaping for it. Good cold rivers, and it's just and plenty of them too. You know
0: yeah for sure i I definitely like to like to learn how to fly fish it's uh it's kind of a hard thing to do but i think uh i mean once you get the hang of it you kind of fall in love with
1: it well i'll tell you this it, it may be, it probably takes a little patience and a lot of practice kind of like riding a dirt bike you're pretty damn good at that so i feel like you could get this fly fishing thing down pretty easily
3: <laughs> <laughs> hopefully
1: maybe i will take some lessons <laughs> right, right on well i'll tell you what Aaron. We know you're a busy guy. We won't take any more of your time, but we really appreciate you coming on this uh, stupid little show, man. Thanks for thanks for talking with us tonight. Hey,
0: thank you for having me on. And uh, yeah, anytime you guys want to talk, I'm I'm, I'm free.
1: Awesome, right, thank awesome. Thank you, man. Be careful. We will take you up on that.
0: <laughs> right on, boys. <laughs> Later, right, we'll AP. You. Have a good one. Alright, see you guys.
2: Take care. Bye.
1: Aaron Plessinger. See, I knew it was Plessinger. Everybody else is saying it wrong. <laughs> All you fucks, stop saying Plessinger. It's Plessinger. Plessinger. I think he just like he's cool. He doesn't care.
2: Yeah, you know, yeah, He's, he's chill. He's a laid back guy. I like that. I yeah. do too. I do. I like that yeah, a yeah. lot. Off road guy,
1: man. Those dudes are gnarly. Oh, know? for sure, for sure. So uh but anyways. All right guys, we're gonna go ahead and go to commercial break and when we come back, the one and only Buddy Antonez.
2: But man.
4: To pick your color. And don't forget,
5: they are available for street bikes too. In business since 1989, Broadway Power Sports and Tyler strives to provide a superior product with superior service. From motorcycles to watercraft, their full parts and service department, they can get you taken care of with great brands like Can-Am, Polaris, Yamaha, Suzuki, Sea-Doo, and Victory. And don't forget they have firearms, too. Broadway Power Sports is your one-stop recreation shop. Broadway Power Sports can match any online price. They can have most orders by the next day for no extra charge. With a friendly staff that offers a personal touch with a smile, how could you go wrong? Call 595-6288 or click broadwaypowersports.com and save. That's 903-595-6288 and tell them Moto XBOD sent you.
2: Darkside here. Are you guys in the market for a set of new custom graphics? Are you tired of the same old basic layouts the big box companies offer? Well, if so, then you need to check out MX Girl Designs. From custom graphic kits, stickers, reproductions, and even vintage, MX Girl does it all. Call or text Shar at 936-828-1472, or email Shar C-H-A-R, at mxgirl.com, and that's mxgirl, G-U-R-L, and tell her Moto X-Pod sent you. You got the one snowman,
1: I'm eastbound and down. Hey, guys. Muscle Mark here. I want to introduce you to my friends over at York Welding and Fab. From new construction, truck beds, barbecue grills, and anything else you can come up with, York Welding and Fab has you covered. With deep motocross roots and 20-plus years experience, York Welding and Fab is a brand you can put your trust in. Call Carl at 903-780-7369. That's 903-780-7369 and tell him Moto X Pod sent ya. All right, guys, welcome back. Again, big shout-out, Broadway Power Sports, Tyler, Texas, Shock Socks, MX Girl Designs, All Sport Dynamics, TPJ Racing. Coming up next, it is a it is a true honor to introduce this next gentleman. He has uh, done a lot of things in this sport, five-time arena cross champion, now JGR Racing Suzuki's buddy, Antonez. Bud, man, what's up, dude?
4: Ah, oh, not much. Like I said, I was just uh, working in the garage, getting my Suzuki ready to go throw some roofs tomorrow night. Awesome, vet.
1: Right on. Where are you riding at tomorrow night?
4: Uh, we're, I'm going to Parish Raceway. Uh, my guy Austin Pre uh been managing that place for uh, for uh, probably six, eight months, and he always has it on point. So I have a bunch of fun out there. Right on. Me and me and, me and Seth Rurik, um have a little Wednesday night riding club. Uh, that we've been having a lot of fun doing. Right
1: that on. That sounds fun. Yeah, I wondered if uh, if you still rode for a long time, and then I, and then you, of course you went and did Loretta's last year. So did you take a break from it, or are you back doing it, or tell us about that?
4: Man, I I got done racing in 2004, and I didn't even really you know have much interest in the dirt bikes, you know, and and I rode here and there, and then it came to after about uh, about seven eight years after retirement, I rode only on my birthday. And <laughs> right. periodically here and then um you know with the Tennessee racing the Tennessee in the forty plus, um I lost a bet to Christy Lecurl, And um, you know, the the the, sh- the shortest version I give you is uh she didn't know how to swim. Um and me and uh one of my uh buddies, uh Jason Verbracken, who's Connor Molinex's dad, uh stepdad, um we did some triathlons here and there together and so this one triathlon we we're gonna do in October was a open water swim, and I knew those were tough. And she's never swam before, so wow. it's like, you know, all right, if she can do this, you know, um, I'll. She made the bet. If I do it, you have to race Loretta's next year. And it was kind of like, yeah, right, okay, whatever. It's a big commitment to get ready for, you know, triathlon. It wasn't full distance, but nonetheless, still triathlon. So she uh, she got it together. And uh, she actually said at one moment, she did an open water swim without a a wetsuit and she almost pulled the plug. So, um, she, she ended up doing it and doing it good. She's a pretty good athlete herself. And so then my Loretta Lind assault happened. She talked Nathan Ramsey into it, also doing it. So, um, I had my old training partner back. So it was like rewind, you know, 30 years and we're at it.
2: Right. Is, is that, uh, Gary Sutherland's girlfriend? What's that? Is is Christy is that Gary Sutherland's girlfriend?
4: It is. Yeah, yeah I thought yeah, so. Gary Sutherland's right. girlfriend. Uh Christy LaCurl. She um she is a a, a woman of, of a lot of trades and, and she's a lot of fun to be around. She as I found out, she makes bets with a lot of different people to get them to <laughs> do things that they normally wouldn't want to do. Nice.
1: <laughs> so you got so in other words, you got hustled.
4: I got hustled big time, you know. <laughs> and Usually, you know, I'm the one trying to do the hustling, and, and she got me good.
1: Right. That's funny. I, I think it's cool after all these years, you're, you're still riding Suzuki. Obviously, you work for a Suzuki team now, so it kind of fits. But yep. to me, it's cool. Yep. I, I ride a Suzuki, and I'm a huge fan of the brand.
4: Yeah, no. Um, when I when I thought about doing it, like, there was just it's the right fit. Um, seeing Pal Alexander at um, A1 uh, last, you know, uh, 2017 and uh put it put it together and I think I got my bike in March and uh actually Dustin Farthing um uh, for Mountain Motorsports at the time mm-hmm. uh, ended up helping me out a bunch as well and and he was a real asset to uh making life easy for me getting ready and fast forward a little bit like thinking about it in hindsight like I needed another three months to you know Really be prepared. So anybody out there that thinks they're going to go sign up and do Loretta's, you need a year. You know, <laughs> yeah, uh, you need one year of, of getting after it. And um, I started training, you know, off the bike and getting ready in in probably October. So uh, actually September, because the triathlon was in October. So my kickoff was the, the triathlon and just kept going forward. But as far as serious riding, I didn't get to go get going with that till March
1: right on are you are you planning on maybe trying to make another run for that or you are you too busy now or are you just over it
4: yeah (laughs) you know um it was fun won't do it again i'd like to do the world vet you know so i'd like to check you know check off a few of these events that i haven't done and um possibly mammoth in the future um i've always liked riding up there um but the main thing is is believe it or not, like, I found my kind of love to throw my leg over the bike um, that maybe, you know, all those years I raced from from three years old all the way through um, 31 that, you know, you just, you, you've done it for so long that you kind of like, okay, I, you know, I'm putting it away healthy, all that, you're good, you step away from it. Um, and then the big thing is when you're away from it is trying to get back going you know, you go out, you get arm pump, and you can do two laps, and that's not no fun. So once you finally break through that that boundary of being able to ride the bike the way you want and put it in laps, then it's fun again. You know, so mm-hmm. uh, but I, where I've been having a lot of fun is also trail riding, Richie Canyon, Oxiteo, um, You know, there's there's I've had a lot of fun doing that as well.
1: Yeah, y'all got y'all got some good hot spots for that out in your way. We, we we're have trouble with that here in Texas. As big as it is, there's so much private land we can't get on anywhere to go, you know.
4: Yeah, you know, I, I haven't done much riding in Texas other than the tracks, but uh I know uh, you know, DL Wood, um, you know, a lot of that crew with um those guys, they they, they find spots here and there, but I never got to get out there and and kind of experience it with him, but i had been to cooper's place which is oklahoma like a little bit kind of a little different landscape but yeah. uh back in the early 90s went riding there one time to stay and he's like hey we're gonna do some cliff jumping <laughs> I'm like oh, okay cool this is what we do at home and his version of cliff jumping was dropping down in a ravine and jumping the cliff out i'm like that's not cliff jumping now, cliff jump to me is something at the top of the hill that you're to actually get up a cliff, right,
3: right,
1: <laughs> yeah. I figured Coop's version would have been something like you jump <laughs> off the cliff first, and then you know you gotta, you gotta get back. He's still he's still gnarly. We we've talked to him on he, here before, and and hung out with him at Diamond Dons. He's crazy.
4: He he is man. Um I had a blast that the time that I spent there. I was about seventeen years old, first year on on Suzuki, and Coop had the whole team out there, and it was my first kind of experience uh, trial bike riding and uh, that guy was wide open from the time we got up in the morning until we went to bed, just two-wheel this, two-wheel that, um, had a blast, and, you know, to fast forward a little bit to Coop riding that kind of, um, what is it, that race at Ironman where they had Coop and Stanton, Todd the Hoop. Oh, yeah, the, uh, the, the
2: Legends the, race. Yeah.
4: Little Legends race, and he busts that triple up. <laughs> um, Before anybody. Full airtime Cooper style, right? pretty
2: rad yeah he's never been scared to jump anything i my first supercross experience was i believe it was the 90 anaheim and i don't know if it was 90 Mm -hmm. or 91 because i went to both those but there was these two little doubles and he was quadding them and and now i go back and i watch that race and i think oh well that jump looks little but back then it was massive oh
4: yeah back then it it was uh really massive and you know, the art of Supercross was still being, you know, tweaked a little yeah. bit. And uh, the the way they built the jumps, you know, almost landings that were vertical. Right. Um, you know, and they were not planned out tracks that they're going to jump this, they're going to jump that, you know. <laughs> it was kind of like, you know, I remember the days where you go out for practice, come back, you'd hear, oh, they're jumping that now. <laughs> Oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, know, it wasn't even something that they were supposed to be jumping because we didn't have video back then. Right. Very, very much. So you kind of had to keep your uh, your eyes and ears open.
1: The, uh, the Oklahoma <laughs> City Supercross in 1990, they had that big <laughs> triple step up. And I, I heard somewhere, <laughs> and it may have been from Coop. I don't remember who, but they, they, that thing was specifically built for him. It kind of made sense because he was one of the only guys jumping it all day, you know, just from watching yeah. the race.
4: Yeah, that track. If you go and watch that that track back, that was a beat. It was hot that day, and um, I remember at that time we were all like starting to play with skimming whoops, right? Mm-hmm. And Stevenson, Matasovic, um, a few of those guys had it had it on point. So um, Denny was trying to teach me how to Cooper's how to skim whoops, and I remember practicing a coupe, practicing, practicing, and then they had these uh, pretty big rounds. Uh, skimmers or actually they were jumpers but Denny turned them into skimmers after the finish line and uh I made some passes through them like yeah I got this about the fourth time I dropped the front and (laughs) endoed harder than I've ever (laughs) in my life before
1: oh that track claimed a few of them let's jump subjects a little bit talk about uh you know the JGR season so far the team what do you think uh what, what are you stoked on what do you you know talk about that a little bit
4: well i'm I'm really stoked on on the team in general um with jeremy Albrecht and j g r and the whole crew they've they've doubled in size you know in maybe september october knew everything was was going that way what well, once finally everybody got hired is you know more around the end of october time um and the fact that how the synergy is how the mechanics get along riders it, it's really um, you can see the the way it can go and the future that it holds for, for the riders, the team, um, everybody, partners involved, all that. Um, Racing-wise, Weston is absolutely just crushing it. He is, um, yeah. You know, and it's like I was telling everybody, you know, I've been with Weston for some years now coaching him and, and all that. So coming into this season – it's like Weston, you can tell the way he's talking, the way he's riding. He finally truly believed that he belonged up front. And um, in all his work, he was, you know, that more, de- more dedicated to everything this offseason. Um, also, we've had a lot more team ride days with them together, pushing together, which then helped Weston and everybody else uh, uh, out a lot. And, you know, so that side of it's going great. Um, the 250 side uh, Nicoletti in the off season was oh my god if i could have video to be able to show you guys he was like night and day from wherever he's been yeah um and really prepared ready riding intensity um you know all that in sim days we had some simulation days the two Saturdays coming into Anaheim so um he was the best out there really know? um yeah pretty amazing and then he does something kind of not you would normally see someone do and just going over the bars uh, before you even make a lap
2: in practice. <laughs> but that's Phil um, for you, though.
4: That you know, coming to find out sometimes uh, uh, Phil can have that kind of little bit of mojo, and, and like my dad used to tell me, you know, sometimes you got to go out there and create your own luck, and right. that's what Phil needs to do a little bit of, and, uh, you know, Justin, for instance, he's he's uh, had some highs with some time qualifying and, you know, definitely know he can do it, but he's got to put together that whole night and get that start, um, and that's, that's, you know, the key. I think once he gets out front and sees some clear track, um, I think he'll to get back and show everybody why he he earned that number one plate.
1: Well, to his credit, you know, we had him on, was it, two weeks ago, Jamie? Yeah, two weeks. And uh, Uh he he could not be – he could not blame himself anymore – for what's happening with him right now than he did. And you just don't hear yeah. that a lot. It was a breath of fresh air. I, oh, my I, gosh, yeah. I know he's an awesome kid. He's definitely talented. I'm sure he'll get it mm-hmm. together. I hate it for you guys that it's happening. But, I mean, it's professional racing. It's a professional sport. I'm sure this, that people, I mean, athletes go through stuff, right?
4: Yeah, so they they totally do. And so a little bit into that, like, um, you know, Justin is a breath of fresh air as far as putting it on him you know, that, that is huge. It seems like in this era, in my opinion, is the riders get a quick to uh, blame other things and themselves. Um, Me and Nathan Ramsey have this conversation a few times where it's like, you know, the first thing it comes out of their mouth shouldn't be the motorcycle. It should be, Hey, I can do this better. Need to work on this. Then what is the bike doing a few things down the line? Right? Exactly. Uh, Like I said, this is, this is my opinion, but Justin, once he went out and Anaheim didn't go the way he wanted, he started just hammering himself during the week, you know, and and almost beating himself up. So maybe coming in a little flat. Um, So, you know, after Houston, we sat down, talked about a few of those things, and got a little bit more structure underneath them. And um, obviously we've seen a big improvement in uh, Phoenix. Um, With that on the scope thing, I know the result wasn't exactly – what he wanted but um you know he uh he had a little tangle with uh with christian craig which probably wasn't on uh camera so you know the bike got a little tweaked up and he had to to ride with no clutch there uh, for the rest of the moto yeah
2: that sounds fun yeah
4: (laughs) yeah and and there was nothing wrong with it he just it didn't feel exactly the way he thought it should feel so you know he went ahead and just stopped using it and uh so you know hats off to him figuring it out and getting it done that's what it takes put your laps in
2: you know and honestly i mean the west coast 250 class is just stacked with guys that you know that guy should win that guy should win that guy should win it's i mean Mm -hmm. you have one little mishap one little bike issue and you're you're just done because everybody else is so good
4: they're so good and if you look at the way they've been juggling that top step um you know, nobody's really grabbed hold of this thing yet, and I don't think they're going to. I think now adding the east-west um, races that they have, it, there's going to be, you know, Justin's comments where he's not out of this thing yet, and you know, you truly still can't count them out.
2: Right? No, I agree for sure. So hey, buddy, um, your history is pretty full. Uh, you've got you've got to race with some really badass dudes. I mean, even even starting out, as you were one of the fastest mini riders in the 80s, period, on the well, RM80s. Probably ever. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah. You know, I want to know what you learned from racing against RJ and Wardy. Like, those two guys are just, you know, they, they don't have the, the championships, maybe, that the Stuarts and the Reeds have, but they were equally as bad in their day. So what did you take from racing those guys?
4: From, once again, go ahead. I I, oh, didn't, I didn't hear
2: racing RJ and uh, Wardy. What did you take? What did you learn from those guys?
4: Uh, you're,
2: you're distorted real bad. Uh, I, Laura, I thought
4: you said Laura?
1: He's, What did you get a chance? Did you did you get to race uh, RJ and Wardy at all? You know when you came into oh, the pro race? Oh,
4: RJ RJ and Wardy. Um, I thought you said that, but I wasn't completely sure. So they, um, I got to race against RJ in Europe once um warty i did not race a whole bunch um if really ever um
1: he was a little that was a little before him i think what he was asking is
4: right before so um but you know i was a big fan of of rj and warty both you know um warty because he's a little bit smaller like me and and uh rj uh just because who didn't like the bad boy back then, right? Like right, he, he was he was on he was on he was on fire. Um you know, some of the biggest things that I've learned with uh, actually being teammates with McGrath um in ninety two when um we were teammates, uh the way he approached racing, the way he approached kind of main events, the way he thought about things. Um it really uh, when I got into my championship runs in arena cross a lot of those things that we used to talk about and do i I, you know applied and and thought about um as i was moving forward through my racing career um uh jeff emick for instance you know learned from him how important the start is you know um because you know jeff without amazing starter he was that's how he really got where his speed start to blossom you know the only way you can get that speed is to run up front you know yeah that's and, true uh,
1: i remember <clears throat> watching back on you always see emig up front on the starts always and he yep, might get sucked yep. up and he might you know he might ride a wider bike than a lot of guys liked but hey man uh-huh. he was he was perfecting his uh craft so to speak and it worked yeah. out well for him
4: he was, but one of the most things— one of the things I'm most proud of—is racing against JMB, John Michelle Bell. Um, that guy was ah just just amazing, you know. And and study them, study the way he stood on the bike, studied the way he, you know, um, used his brakes, you know, just body position, uh, things like that. And to race him, you know, he was super clean racer, really smart in how he set you up to pass, um, and also took chances when he needed to take chances, and pulled back when he didn't have to, and that's yeah. something that you have to learn to become a championship points racer as well.
2: Yeah, JMB was amazing. I, like It's a shame that he was in the era where the Americans really didn't treat the foreigners like they do now, like Marvin, you know, because... Mm-hmm. he was so unbelievably talented and nobody really, well, I, I shouldn't say nobody for the most part, he didn't get the credit he deserved.
1: Yeah. He got a lot of hate, but he was yeah. amazing.
4: He did because yeah, like you said, they didn't have as much uh, European flavor over here at the time. and It right. was kind of the, uh, the lone star little Texas uh, throw there, the lone star, <laughs> in the whole deal. Yeah. Um, but, to be honest with you, his talent and what he did cannot be denied or overlooked, you know? And if American Supercross thinks about it, a lot of things that JMB did was what kind of set the bar to where it evolved to.
2: Agreed. You know? Yeah.
4: Um, because he, you know, in uh, me saying Chicken and, and Denny about Skim and Woods, JMB was actually the man who perfected it, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So... You know some and his pining the way he downsided stuff, the way he pitched the bike, like you know a lot of a lot of cool stuff came from him being over here,
1: agreed he was silky smooth, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah i um it's it's it tickles me to death to get to talk about that era, that time period, you know mm-hmm. that's the age I am I was growing up mm-hmm. during that, and to me to me that that era should never ended. I love right. it, I still love it, you know it's. I still yep. go back and watch those races on YouTube all the time, and yep. I see you guys, and, and it's you know from being a, a Pulp Mex fan, uh, the show you guys yep. did with the Great Western Bank team, Show One Hundred. That's yep. the only pulp show. Yeah. I mean, I've listened to all of them, but that's the only one I've gone back and listened to several times.
4: Oh man, that's 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 cool. It's, yeah that that was that was such a such a fun year, and for me personally, it was such a. Um, a revival to my career because, you know, I had been doing the privateer thing on my own for a few years and had a a little bit of success in 95. So getting the team together and just feeling like that sense of belonging on a team and we had a team and I was a part of something helped uh, drive me, you know, and then obviously with me and Phil and Davey and Denny getting along so well, you know, we pushed each other and we supported each other and helped each other and you know it, it made a big difference in in my racing uh still had a great year and and we all know Davey made a main that year and that was huge in his journey
1: yeah for sure he uh it, it still shocks me that that he only made one but I mean it's a tough sport we're in you know
4: he, yeah he, he was way better than that he was a way better rider than just making one um for sure but you know it, it, it was a tough time in era at that time, too. You had a lot of 125 guys when it wasn't on the, the west or east. They came and rode the 250 series yeah. back then. So, you know, it, it stacked up, you know, pretty good. And, uh, you know, the whole Jim Castillo was obviously uh, a big part of everything, too. And and uh, my mother-in-law, uh, Debbie, she, she helped with putting things together and it was a cool vibe and and a lot of fun. I remember we'd be hanging out and a lot of the factory guys always would come over to our truck to, to chill. <laughs> you know, and, and uh you know, we we had a lot a lot of cool things going at that that time of year.
1: Well, I can imagine uh you know, and I don't know him personally, but just from from being mm-hmm. a fan for years and listening anytime you're getting to hang out with uh with Denny Stevenson, things get live. They get a little, you know, <laughs> yeah. they, it couldn't be boring is what I'm trying force. to say, right? So, uh, yeah. But so, you...
4: Yeah, with, with Denny, he's like, he brings out my inner child all the time. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and and I, and I, uh, you know, I do the same to egg him on on things. And, and we just have a lot of fun together. Um, a quick story. We were sitting in my cul-de-sac one afternoon just hanging out. And uh, my daughter had a little 50 at the time. And we were... Buzzing around the cul-de-sac ride in or whatever. And then he's doing his impression of um, Dumb and Dumber, something like that. Mm-hmm. He gets he gets jacked off of the thing, the throttle hangs, spits him off the back and runs into my neighbor's house. Then <laughs> <laughs> he runs over there, picks it up real quick, looks at the, the stucco, oh, gets a little dust off and hauls butt back to the house.
1: <laughs> That's hilarious. You
4: know, um and just, you know, just always just doing goofy stuff, and I um, had a lot of fun. And, and believe it or not, Ronnie Kishner was a part of uh, that crew back in the day. He was always a quiet one, but we used to be able to talk him into doing a few things. I can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine all you guys together,
1: how that went. It. Uh, I tell yeah. you. The, the, that time period, like I said, you guys, I've been fans of you guys for years. I'm gonna tell you, I was really nervous walking up to you at the truck and saying,
3: Oh,
1: you, man. Hey, you know, we do this dumb show. Would you be interested? And <laughs> to your credit, you're like, Yeah, man, I will. Give me, you know, you had you're busy all of a sudden. You're I'm like, Well, maybe, you know, maybe he's whatever. And you came right back over there and you're like, here's my number, give me a call. That's awesome. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Cause like oh. me, me walking up to you is like some of these kids walking up to weston or eli yeah like that's a big well, deal to you. me you know
4: thank you yeah the, the the joke around my house is when my wife's son comes is uh and so you are my one for uh texas uh i sign one autograph a weekend right there you go <laughs> there you go
1: hey man that's awesome uh, so, that's awesome
4: so it's, it's it's still important and it's still uh you know rubs my inner ego the right
1: way there you go <laughs> <laughs> well we know you're a busy no, it's guy my pleasure oh man it, it trust me it is it's ours we, we have really enjoyed this we know you're busy won't take any more of your time but thanks for coming on here man we really appreciate it and we'll uh we hope to see you in dallas
4: hey hope to be on again too guys so uh yeah see you in dallas and, and let me know all
2: right Absolutely. man thanks so much
4: yep have a good night
2: you too you as well Buddy Antonez. Bud man. We Yo didn't even Antonez. talk about all his arena cross championships. He's one of those guys you could just, we need to have, we'll have to do another interview. We're going to have to, yeah. <laughs> well,
1: you just, you could go back. So yeah. f- oh, oh, you're oh, still you're there. Still Sorry. there, buddy.
2: Sorry. <laughs> all right, we're hanging up, man. I apologize. All
4: right, no worries. Yeah, we got to get into some other stuff. We kind of, oh, that was good. It was different than, than most, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I'm going to text you about that because we're we really going to have to do that. Like, just give it a, 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 when you have time, of course. I know you're busy, but we'd like to talk a little bit no, more about no, let's, that.
4: Let's, Let's talk in Dallas and then uh, set another one up. Awesome.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. We'll do that. Thanks, buddy. Okay.
4: Cool. Thanks, guys. See ya. Later.
1: Later.
2: You're fucking phoned it. Well, yeah. <laughs> I hit end, but then they usually hang up, too. So. Right. Anyway. Right. Well, hey, let's tell you what. Quick break. We'll be yeah. right back with Alex Nagy. I gotta go to the
1: bathroom. All right, guys. Welcome back. We're going to get to our next guest. Super cool guy. Privateer hero. Probably sleeping in his car right now as we speak. (laughs) Team Skivvy Racing's Alex Nagy. Alex, what's up, dude?
0: Ah, not much thanks for
1: having me on absolutely well, thank you for coming on man we we uh we're always pumped to have uh, guys like you on here
2: yeah we keep hearing these gnarly stories you know on pulp and cade Clayson and a ray talking about what a badass dude you are sleeping in your car you know I mean that's some 1980s shit that's right some there gangster shit son <laughs> yeah me and
0: uh me and my dad we're always roughing it so this is like my i think my fifth year doing supercross and uh since day one we've been doing the same thing and, and that's just always been the way
1: we've done it so well it sounds like it's a ton of fun or you wouldn't keep doing it right <laughs> what's up it has to be a ton of fun like getting to live your dream and just kind of living rough doing whatever you gotta do to get to the race but like sleeping in your car like i've done it a few times man believe that's me it's not fun if you don't it has to be you have to be enjoying what you're doing to put up with that right
0: yeah, I mean, absolutely. But uh it like you said, it it uh it makes for some, some good stories and good experiences and, and like uh when I first started doing it, I, I used to think like this sucks, this is horrible. And then after a while you like adapt to it. Now it's like it's what I'm used to, you know? So it's uh it's not all that bad anymore.
2: Well, we, we heard on the pulp show last night they had Scummy on and it sounds like he kinda stepped up to give you a little help. Um, what what has Skivy and and what has the company done for you to help out?
0: Yeah, Colin uh, Colin at Skivy helped out a ton. He uh, he stepped up with that team that he started with uh, me and five other riders, and uh, yeah, he's been helping out huge bike transport, pit setup. He uh, took my bike to Houston, so I was able to fly, and uh, that was that was awesome. That was actually the first ever Supercross I've ever flown to in five years of doing this. So that was that was big to not have to drive all the way to Houston from California.
1: Now did I hear you still slept in your rental car (laughs) at the at the stadium at that race?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's actually a pretty funny story. So I uh I flew out Friday morning from San Diego and uh my dad flew out Friday morning from Chicago to San Diego uh, from Chicago to Houston. So we both met up in Houston. And I uh, got the rental car, went to the stadium, did tact- or uh, did sound it all, whatever we had to do for the day, and then uh, roughed it in the rental car, <laughs> and then uh, did the race. After that, went to the airport, and uh, my flight didn't leave until 9:30 p.m. Sunday night, so I was in the airport for like almost 24 hours. Oh wow! Long. My dad's flight left in the morning. Not only did I rough it in the rental car, but I also like slept at the airport and did all that. So, oh wow!
2: So, it was a long weekend. Was... Yeah, that, that's that's hardcore right there, man. Yeah. And that's very, very impressive. Your back's gonna hurt really bad <laughs> one day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Well
2: Alex, how did you get your start in racing? Where'd you grow up? You know, how'd you get into Moto? Tell us about that. Uh
0: yeah, so I grew up in uh Richmond, Illinois for pretty much my entire life and uh my dad raced my sister raced and it was pretty much just what i was born into and then uh once i started to take it a lot more serious my sister stopped racing and my dad stopped racing a long time ago so i kind of just took off and ran with it and uh just like every other kid you know started racing locally started doing better and then um started to do the amateur national stuff and that was kind of what i was chasing for the longest time and between all that, I would race the Renacross cross in the winters on 65s and 80s because uh, Illinois gets a lot of snow. And then um, towards the towards the end of when I was racing like 85s and stuff, I think I right when I turned 15, I I got hurt and I broke my hand and my collarbone, and I kind of had some time off. And when I came back, I went straight into the A class. So I I never even raced B or C or any of that stuff. I just went from a super 250 uh, A. And uh, race plans, all that stuff, and got my pro card as fast as I could to start being able to race outdoors in the Supercrosses.
2: What do you like better? You like Supercross or outdoors better?
0: I like Supercross a lot better. So pretty much just because, um, like, I seem to be a lot better of a Supercross rider too. It comes, uh, like, timing and all that stuff comes a lot more natural to me than than holding the bike wide open and trying to go as fast as I can on a super rough track. And also it's uh it's a lot cooler, I think. It's it's way more of a show and Agreed. as a racer you can go race the supercross through the whole day program and, and the night and after it you're you're good. Whereas after you do outdoors the whole day, I mean you're you're done for it.
2: Yeah, I, I can see that. I mean Mark and I we just ride amateur stuff, but yeah, just going to a supercross or just something about it, it's like going to a rock concert, it's man. It's awesome. It you is. know, it's like going to see Metallica, yeah. you know, or something, and you're just like, This is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Yo. yeah yeah,
0: yeah supercross is, is a total awesome show yeah for
2: sure absolutely absolutely so um what is your pl- are you do you have plans to try to run the whole series the whole season or what what have you what is your goal
0: yeah yeah that's uh that's my plan i'm gonna i'm gonna do uh, all 17 rounds on a 450 nice. that's uh that's what my plan is as of now so like right now i'm still in uh, southern california i've been out here since um i think right around thanksgiving. So come, uh, so it'll go Oakland this weekend, then San Diego. So after San Diego, I'll leave and I'll drive and make my way to Texas. Mm
3: -hmm. And then
0: after Texas, I'm going to go back home to Illinois for the week and then uh, leave to go down to, uh, I think, Tampa, Florida. Down in Florida for the next, I think, two weeks it is for Tampa, Atlanta, Daytona, and then I'll come back home and I'll be uh, stationed out of or staying at home in Illinois and okay. driving each
2: round from there. Yeah, I bet you're so, looking forward to that. Getting home, sleep in your own bed. Yeah,
0: yeah it'll be nice to get home. But i uh, I'm not looking forward to the, to the weather back in
2: Illinois. For <laughs> right. <sure. laughs> yeah, we're we're in Texas. We're about two hours from Dallas, and it's been pretty chilly. But probably not what you're used to. We had one or two really really cold well, days. He was here during Houston. Oh, that's right. It was pretty yeah. damn cold that day. But then we we had yeah, st-
1: Houston was chilly.
2: Yeah. Well, that wind sucked,
1: dude yeah <laughs> walk it we walked in that crap all day yeah and, uh, i'm sure you guys riding your gear up to the you know having to ride across the street and all that was probably not that much fun but uh yeah it was a cold ride but, well you just don't expect that especially Houston's more the southern part of our state and it stays hot down there more yeah. than it does you know well
2: then sunday we went to three palms and it was pretty nice y'all went to three palms oh, that's about, my yeah. ass went home yeah i stayed down the road, so
1: well, it's funny, yeah, when the when the when the cool when the cool part of the weekend's over, the weather cooperates, you <laughs> know. But hopefully Dallas will uh will get you a little bit better uh a little bit better weather for that. You should never know. Yep.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah, we'll see. So this bes- is crazy with the
2: weather. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Besides Skivvy, who else is helping you out? Who's getting you to the races? Is this coming out of mom and dad's pocket or you got some good sponsors?
0: Uh, yeah, my, my family helps me out a lot, and then, uh, also a company called Like You Live is a, a huge key part of my program this year, helping me out with just about everything, and set uh, sets up a huge a new bikes, so that was a uh, major game changer going into this season, making the switch to KTM. Mm-hmm. So I, I've i been on a Suzuki, I think, uh, my entire whole time I've been on a 450 and Supercross, so I uh, it was nice to make a change finally.
2: So when you go do it at privateer style, as basic as you are, do you have all the parts you need or or do you have to go hit up some of the teams sometimes? If you know if you burn up a set of clutches, are you ready to change out a set quickly?
0: Um I've got two bikes, so okay. I always bring my other bike with me. And I think uh just about for, for anyone or any privateer or even anyone that races locally, that's usually the the go to thing is to just have a spare practice bike or whatever, because then you know you've got everything. You just got to be able to strip it off. So, But, like, for clutches and stuff, recluse takes super good care of me, and I've always ran their torque drive stuff, and and that clutch will last a whole series, believe it or not. Oh, wow. 17 rounds on one clutch, and that thing's pretty much, like, bulletproof. Well, I, I would think
2: that Alex Ray needs that then, because what we hear is he goes through, like, three or four sets a day.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it is a different story i think i think you could probably put a bulletproof question bike like you need go through right on a day
2: so. do you have i mean have you built any kind of relationships with any of the bigger teams that they will help you out if you need it
0: um you know to be honest uh not really i i really try not to uh hit people up for any you know for anything because it seems like they're always uh they're on their their own thing and yeah. but if uh if it came down to it to where I absolutely have to I'd, I'd ask around and, and try to see if I could scrounge it up but I think um you pretty much you can't rely on that as a product sure. you got to have your own your own backup you know
1: well, I tell you, living living is as uh, rough as you have to live to do what you're doing. It's probably good to have an underwear sponsor, right? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, definitely good to have skivvies for sure. Yeah, so those, go buy go buy some skivvies. They're the best underwear around.
1: Oh, I've got yeah. I've got several pairs of them. I think Darkside does too. Yeah, I will well, I, I will agree with def- that. Those things are amazing.
0: Def-
3: yeah,
2: privateer tested and privateer approved. <laughs> there, I, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I, I I just ordered my first set like two weeks ago. We're we're buddies with Daniel Blair, and his show is sponsored by it. So I was like, man, I'll, I'll try some of these out. And they came in a week ago, and yeah, I, I've got two pairs, and I just I don't even wash them; I just wear them every other day.
1: Dude, I've got two 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 pairs of the regular like uh, boxer briefs, and I've got a, perf- a set of the performance briefs. Those oh, things nice. are sick, dude! Right on. They're sick. Right. Nice. yeah, they're quality for
0: sure.
2: Absolutely. Well, man, uh, we really appreciate you coming on, and uh, we we can't wait to see you at Dallas. And uh, we'll have to introduce ourselves. I didn't get a chance. To, we didn't get a chance to meet you at Houston. That that Houston was our first Supercross as a media entity, so it was a little chaotic for us. Yeah, we
1: were trying to figure out where the hell to go in right. every situation. Yeah, and...
0: that's that's how it is for every Supercross. I don't think anyone ever has any clue where to go or what's going on. And <laughs> I think
2: something's
1: here and it's there. And right. It's always a mess. Well, well, I've been to enough football games at Jerry's World in Dallas that I hopefully be able to navigate that one a little easier. Yeah. But well, I know
2: uh, where I'm going there because I did it last year. But yeah,
1: for just, sure. But yeah, but yeah, man. If you need anything, yep. you know, when we're there, we're glad to help out. Give you know, get you something to eat, get you some, whatever you need. Just like help you with whatever. Just Hit us up. We're we're glad to we're glad to assist you if you need it. Cool. Very yeah, like yeah, seeing you
2: guys there. Yeah, man. Like I, I think I texted you early, you know, a couple weeks ago, or whatever. And said, man, if you need a place to crash, we've got a room already. If you just want to take a shower or whatever after practice hit us up feel free we'll be in and out of the room we'll be at the stadium all day like you so
0: very cool thank you all right
2: Alex we really appreciate you man and uh good luck this weekend all
0: right thanks yeah thanks for having me on have
2: a good okay, one Alex all right see
0: you see you
2: man Alex Nagy or a true that's that's privateer. a privateer right there, true privateer. Yeah,
1: absolutely. He's uh, living by the living by the skin of his teeth, basically, yeah. and uh, just getting by race to race. I mean, I, to me, I'm envious. That sounds like a shitload of fun. It does
2: sound fun, man. You know, yeah. especially if you got you go with a buddy. You know, like I mean, he's doing a lot of it with his dad, which is still cool. But yeah. that's that's some life experiences that he's gonna have yeah. down the road. He's gonna be like, oh shit, yeah. Think of all these things I did. 20 years ago
1: yeah i mean i don't know if i'd like it so much now i slept in my van one night and i was ready to (laughs) go back home but uh you know at the same and i was out riding dirt bikes doing it it still wanted to go right but at the same time that's cool you know yeah i
2: mean it's it's hardcore and i man mad respect for him
1: absolutely well give give us a second guys we're gonna we're gonna try to get Cade Clayson on the line so uh we'll take a quick break and be back (laughs) All right, guys, we're going to get to our, our final guest of the night. He uh, has done a bit of Supercross racing himself, now works does a little work for uh, FXR Racing. The one and only Cade Clayson. Cade, what up, dude?
6: Oh, not much. Just hanging out here in Southern California right now and enjoying this nice weather.
2: Yeah, I wish we. Oh, I wish I was out there anyway. I, I love SoCal. I do too. in and out Burger, palm trees, and, beaches. Yeah, in and out Burger is, is is good enough for me. I'll just take that. <laughs>
1: Uh, In and Out Burger makes everything better. Yes, like, absolutely. Now, it what it is. now you're uh, talking.
2: Yeah, our closest In and Out Burger is about two hours away, and Mark and I will make a trip to Village Creek over there just so that we can go eat there. Yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, now, go ri- we'll go ride two hours away instead of our local track just so we can have In and Out Burger. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's, as long, long as that's there, we're we're good. We're good. <laughs> but uh, Kate, tell us what, t- what tell us what you're up to now. Uh, a little bit about your role at FXR. What you got going with that?
6: uh basically with me right now you know i just started riding again i had shoulder surgery uh in october last year so i i'm uh, just kind of re- i just got over recovering from that and you know getting starting back to riding um uh when all the stuff came out with me uh halfway through outdoors last year um fxr actually called or they you know they offered me uh you know a part-time job with them and it's actually been a lot of fun you know i uh, i get to travel and go do go do different events for them and you know i'm going to almost all the supercrosses i went to a bunch of photo shoots um i'm going to a dealer show here in a few weeks so you know it's cool i enjoy it um well, besides that you know just kind of getting back into riding and training um i'm gonna get ready and uh, go to Canada, and uh you know trying to do the, the best i can up there
2: yeah it's got to make you feel good that fxr stepped up like that and, and helped you out i mean that did not a lot of companies that would have done that probably?
6: Yeah, you know it's really cool of them. You know Andy, um, one of the head guys there. Um, him and I just had a good relationship when I started riding for them, and I think he just kind of liked uh the, <clears throat> my personality and whatnot and how I present myself. And they were kind of looking for somebody to fill the role, and you know they knew I was in a spot where I could do it, and I knew a lot of people, and it, it worked out really well. You know I get to work with a lot of my friends that. I've met a lot of new people and stuff like that, so it's uh, it's worked out really well for me, I think.
1: Well, they make a, a really awesome looking set of gear. They had a uh, I forget which team that was. We were over at Houston, but they had some stuff on a mannequin. I was looking at James like, man, this stuff is awesome right here.
2: Yeah, it was the yeah. It is. Go ahead.
6: Yeah, it is. It's really good stuff. Um, it's high quality. You know, a lot of the guys. Um, like one of our guys uh, I was talking to this weekend, he said before he wore it, he thought it was more of a lower quality set of gear that he, you know, that was just his thinking. But once he got the gear and wore it, he was blown away by how nice the actual material was and how well it held up. So, you know, that was kind of cool to hear and to be a part of something that uh, is actually working really good for other guys.
2: Yeah, because they've been coming on strong. I mean, it seems like every year there's more and more guys, you know, you see. I swear just about everybody's wearing FXR
6: now. Yeah, we have a lot, a lot of guys, you know, we have two guys at DGR. Um, you know, we have the whole HEP Motorsports team, the whole Rockwell team, and then, you know, a handful of privateers, so, um, it's, uh, we got a good group of guys, you know, everyone seems to work really well, um, so, yeah, I mean, I haven't, I haven't had to deal with anybody that I dislike yet. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, neither have we, so, yeah, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, so, um, will you be at Dallas this year? Is that one of the rounds you yeah. beat? Oh, sweet. Well, yeah. I, I won't yeah, blow I'll you off it, this though. time.
6: Yeah, I was bummed, man. I was like, I was sit twice. Not just once, <laughs> but twice. You know, but, you know, it is what it is. I, I reckon, I, you know, I'm not as big of a deal anymore. No. i not racing, but, you know, whatever well, it takes. I well,
1: he, here's the deal with that. Like, and, and you wouldn't recognize me, but I'm the guy out of us two that will recognize every single person that walks by, and even my dumb ass still didn't see you. So you can ask Jamie, I'm always pointing, there's so-and-so, there's so-and-so, there's so-and-so, and and he's like, where, where, you know, he doesn't get it. He's a rock star, uh, too, though, man. No,
2: like I was trying to say on the Pulp Show, that was our first Supercross as a media outlet, outlet, and I'm kind of OCD, so I had this list of things that, okay, I'm going to talk to this guy about this, and and as the day went (laughs) on and things changed, I was just, it was very difficult for me it was just like he couldn't adapt as well yeah. was. <laughs> i was struggling so i felt like i needed to be in 12 places at once so i apologize because i'm definitely not cool guy to anybody i'm yeah. not a, i'm not even a cool guy don't let him lie to you kane
6: <laughs> <laughs> oh man it's all good hey i've done it before plenty of times too
2: well you should have called me no, out man that, you know you should have said something to me
6: yeah it's all right i know how it is sometimes yeah. people got agendas and you know, you're not involved in it. Like, you know, I, that's something I have that problem too sometimes. like I'm trying to do something and people are trying to talk to me. I'm like, look, I'd love to talk to you right now, but I really don't have the time for your crap. I got something
2: to do. <laughs> uh, I'm going to make time at Dallas, well, I promise. Well, Jamie, he's the pro rider, so
1: you're supposed to talk to him. It's not him coming to talk Trust to me, you. Trust me, you know
2: I feel like a dick. <laughs> uh,
1: that's funny.
2: So you say you've been back on the bike. Are you faster than A-Ray already?
6: I haven't. You know, I've, I've been back in South Carolina Okay. Um, so I live at Club of Mechs. um I'm actually out here staying with ARA right now. Um, but I'm not riding out here. My stuff's all back east. Gotcha. Um, but, man, I hope so. Gosh, that would be a real disappointment. <laughs> you know? uh, the would ba- really hurt my feelings. The, the,
1: right. The banner back and forth between you guys we yeah. get to hear through the Pulp Show is pretty awesome. Yeah. Oh,
6: it doesn't end there. Like, I'm staying with him right now, and it's just constant. Like, I mean, this is a roast fest all day, sun up to sundown.
2: I I think it'd be really a a TV camera would be good to, like, just one single camera, follow you two around. I'm sure there'd be some good uh, footage that you could make a little YouTube show out of or something. Right, yeah. I'll tell you. I I mean,
6: we thought about doing, like, a video log thing. That would be so funny. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, do like the Christian Craig or the Adamson throw, you know, get the GoPro out. And yeah. Film us in our daily lives. That would be classic because people would love how much we just hate it, hate on each other.
1: <laughs> I think that that's a, a sign that you're good friends. There's three yep. of us involved with this show. There's me, Dark Side, and there's a guy named TJ. In our group text, we are unmerciful to each other. It is, if we <laughs> if we screenshotted those things and put them online, people would think we were mental. Right. Seriously. Oh, Hey, our, our group
6: chat, it's like uh, me, Alex, Henry Miller, Josh Osby, Kyle Peters. We have to have it on Snapchat so that everything automatically gets deleted. You know?
3: <laughs> it's, it's, it's brutal.
2: Oh, man. That, yeah, that's a good time, though. I'm, it's nice to hear that you guys are all getting along like that because our sport needs a little more of that.
1: <coughs> well, I
2: love that you guys, as
1: privateers, you know, are getting the love you get and have become – you know, this, have become the stars you deserve to be. You know, I don't know. A lot of that's through Mathis and promoting yeah, you sure. guys. And, and we want to try to help with that, too. Not that you need our help because we can't do a whole lot. But <laughs> same time, I mean, I always looked up to the privateers as much as or more than anybody because you guys really have to go through some shit to get where you're going. And, uh, and both you and uh, Alex, you know, A-Ray have – He's not have,
2: a privateer anymore. Well, I
1: know, but he was, <laughs> you know, and uh, have come up through the ranks and just really made it happen. I think it's awesome.
6: Yeah, you know, it's really cool. I actually did an interview uh recently that will come out soon. And in it, they, like, asked me what it's like to be a privateer and, you know, and everything. And it's, you know, it's, it's almost like it's something that everyone needs to experience. Like, you know, like, obviously, some of the guys, like, you know, the top dudes like Kenny and Dunge, like, they've never experienced what it's like to go to a race and, you know, have to compete against guys way out of your league you know and you know trying to suffer through it all but you know it it allows you to meet a lot of cool people and do things in a totally different way that makes you earn a lot of respect and you know you give a lot of respect too but um you know just being able to interact with sponsors and do all that type of stuff and even with fans like you know fans can't get nearly as close to dungy as they can to me and Alex like yeah I mean if you want to walk under my canopy well you know what, go for it they're not full security <laughs> guards saying I'm saying
2: no. <laughs> right I, I might <laughs> hand you a wrench to you hold back up yeah it's pretty cool we we really enjoyed being in the the back of the pits I don't you know actually I don't think Mark and I ever walked down that front row where KTM and everybody was we we no, were pretty we, much out back the whole time yeah
1: we stayed towards the back but the back part of the pits i guess what what they call privateer island yeah. or whatever i like it back there it's gnarly oh
6: the island has great views um you know we have uh nice sandy beaches it's the problem is <laughs> you don't have a whole lot of nice stuff
1: right. there was a uh, r- uh, top ramen noodles were, were plentiful back there right. and the canopies right. and people acting silly and i enjoyed it oh, it was cool
6: yeah, I mean, the Enning they take their little rowboat and go to Chipotle every weekend.
3: But, you know, I mean, it is
1: what it is. We definitely had to make a, a trip by to see those dudes. Of course, we got hugs from both of them right. and things like that. But, uh, no, you you guys are the, the heart and soul of the sport. And, you know, it, uh, it's cool to see. Now, getting to that, um, I know we, we talked a little bit about what happened to you. Are you still in limbo with that? Uh, or do you know anything? Or, or what's going on with that?
6: Uh, I, I actually just had a phone call not that long ago. I can't really tell everyone what, what it was about because it's not like set in stone yet. They kind of want me to keep it low-key. Um, so, I mean, stuff is kind of moving in the right direction. You know, it's not great, mm-hmm. but it's better than what it was. So, you know, hopefully here soon I'll have all the answers and, uh, you know, everyone will know. But cool. right now, I mean, it is it is moving in the right direction. I had like a good phone call with them. So I was happy to finally have one of those because it has been, you know, pretty crappy, you know, ten months or whatever, however long it's been—I don't even know anymore. But um, you know, it is what it is, and I've just been trying to make the best of it. And uh, you know, I'm, you know, happy that I am where I am. I guess.
1: Well, I was one of the many that were tweeting out the hashtag of #FreeCade. You know, we 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 got your back. We don't. The the we think the sport's better with you in it, man.
6: Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I have a lot of, a lot of fans out there I didn't even know I had. Even Houston, people started yelling "Free K as I was walking out of the stadium and stuff. It was <laughs> cool. It was really cool. Um,
1: people not but, named Dark Side that were cool, guying you?
6: No, they didn't cool, got me. I, uh, I was pumped. You know, uh, <laughs> people, people know who I was. So, hey. uh, you know, and I feel bad because I don't know, like. You know, when I first turned pro, I know like, people would say hi to me and I knew every single one of them. But, yeah. You know, I've gotten older. I've met so many people. I don't, you know, I don't know any of them. I know faces a lot of the time, but, you know, sometimes it's like names. Yeah, yeah. Names are hard. Names are hard. But even, you know, after that, you know, there's people that I have no clue who they are. It makes me feel bad because I, I like knowing who people are and stuff when they try to talk to me, but, um, you know, it is what it is. I can't know everybody.
2: Right. Well, it shows how strong Pulp Nation is, and we're huge fans here, and, and Steve just does a good job of promoting you guys, and I think that's very important for our sport. So, you know, I wish Feld and those guys that would have, like in between heat races, they should have little profiles of you guys or something. You know, I, I, I it just would make the sport grow better, I think, if they knew the guys that were in the LCQ, and we need that.
6: Yeah, you know, I mean... It is tough, you know, I mean the fans, you know, they don't you know, a lot of the fans just want to come to the races, they just wanna see, you know, the top dudes yep. hence triple clown. I think that's kinda of where that was based off of where you know, some weekends like like fans who are super into it, like you guys, yeah, you'd love seeing more of us. Whereas fans who are, you know, just like the Saturday Warriors who just want, Oh man, I wonder who's gonna be on the podium tonight, like who really cares about fifteenth through twenty second? Yeah. You know? most people probably don't even know there's 22 guys in the main They only (laughs) think about the front five right right right. so you know it's it's hard to, to decipher you know i think it has gotten better for us you know like the guys that who do like the supercross online stuff you know they're constantly doing interviews and stuff with you know um privateers and stuff so that's cool i mean those guys do what they can so it's uh it's nice you know obviously i think people can always do more but you can't be choosers.
2: Exactly.
1: Right on, man. Well, we hope to hear some good news from you soon, and uh, we really enjoyed talking to you tonight. We won't bother you anymore, but thanks for coming on, bud. Appreciate it.
6: Yeah, man, I appreciate you guys having me, and, uh, yeah, know, you guys have a good show, and I'll see, I'll see you
1: guys in Dallas. I will, yep. I will uh, call Side out if he tries to cool guys again.
2: <laughs> Not going to happen, yeah, man. Cade's going to be the first guy I look for when we get there. There
1: you go. Sure.
2: <laughs> all right, Cade, have a good night, buddy. Thanks, buddy.
1: All right, you guys too. See you, Later. Cade. Cade Clayson.
2: Yeah, man, that was cool. Uh, no, I like talking to those guys, man. Well, I like talking to all these guys. So
1: Yeah, I know. No he, he seems
2: like a good dude, and I really hope for the best for him. I hope I hope that this thing turns around where he can start racing again.
1: It sounds like it's going in the right direction, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. I mean, when you're dealing with – USADA or whatever the fuck they are. They're painting right. pain in the ass, but they're pain in the ass for a reason, you know? Yeah, I don't think
2: there's... I it doesn't mean, sound like this
1: was his fault at all, though, and he, I don't feel like he should have any repercussions from right. it, you know? So I mean, you're gonna screw with the guy, you know, uh, one of the journeymen, one of the working class guys. It's, it's, it, it sucks. It's bullshit. Yeah, it's complete bullshit. But you know, and it what's I wish we had something like what the UFC has implemented. They got Jeff Nowitzki, you know, the guy, the, the the famous guy that took Lance Armstrong down. Is okay. Basically, he works for the UFC now, but he's actually an advocate for the athletes, for the fighters. Oh really. And helping them when something like this pops up get to the bottom of why it really happened. And it usually goes a long way to to, to helping either clear them and or, you know, prove their guilt, whatever the case is. And um it yeah, would be cool. interesting. It would be cool if we had somebody like yeah. that over here that was, was so in tune with that. And uh we're growing. I know it's baby steps. It may happen one day. I mean if they're
2: gonna do this though so, like the UFC implemented their own policies. Yeah, that. and that's, that's impressive that they were willing to do that. You know, they took the time and probably the money mm-hmm. to do it. Well, it was time to clean the sport up. Our yeah. sport's not dirty. Right. I think it's – I mean, should they drug test these
1: guys? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, anytime there's a lot of money involved in a professional sport, you're probably going to have one or two that are trying to push for that edge, for sure. And, I mean, truthfully, I, I don't think in our sport it's it's really – there's, no, there's not a whole lot out there to benefit you. So, I mean, a little bit, but, you know, it's not – you still you can either ride a dirt bike fast or you can't
2: right i i think no. like you know, I've heard. I guess Mathis or some of those guys say it's more the recovery. You no, know, it is after for the, sure. after the training and depending on what
1: you're taking. Yes, yeah. it is. So yeah. uh, like, that makes sense. EPO is not really going to help you in a supercross race, right? You know, it's not going to probably not even going to help you in outdoor motocross. It's not for that. You
2: know? Yeah, and the, you know the things like hydrating. Like I don't understand why they won't let them have IVs. Let everybody have an IV. They should let everybody. They have should them. have IV stations. Yeah, it's probably because not everybody has access. Yeah, to, that's <laughs> I why guess that. that Makes sense for fairness, but maybe they should. Provide. Well, it's not like these fools
1: ain't doing it in their motorhomes, right? Of course they are. The ones that have it, I would yeah. be. Yeah.
2: I mean, I'm not even gonna lie to you. I
1: would be if it were me.
2: Should I do it this coming weekend? We go practice if <laughs> I
1: could. <laughs> yeah, if I had another, I would too. I'd need it. But Just uh, strap it to the bike. They yeah, a camel pack. Oh god, yeah, for sure. There's times I before I got sober, I had I wake up, I would wake up and really need one. You know. <laughs> But, uh, you know, this thing with him, I think it was Adderall or whatever. That's this bullshit. Yeah. They need to fucking drop that. It's just my opinion. I know it doesn't mean anything, and it's not going to help his case, but that's just the way I feel about it. So
2: I, I understand. Good show tonight. Yeah, yeah. We got to get this thing uploaded now. i will have to call TJ. And Are You going to be able to get it edited? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it'll take a little bit, but I'll get it. Well, all so, right. If, we'll and, be- once again, if it sounds like shit, 'cause TJ wasn't here. If it sounds good, cuz I did a good job. There you
1: go. Well, big thanks to uh Aaron Plessinger, Buddy Antonez, uh Alex Nagy and uh Kate Clayson for coming on. It's right been fun on. Dark Side. Always
2: all right Always. guys. Well, good time. big shout
1: out Broadway Power Sports, Tyler, Texas MX Girl Designs, Shock Socks, uh All Sport Dynamics, uh my buddy Carl York, uh TPJ Racing for uh Mark Poole, Jamie Guida, Muscle Mark Darkside. We'll see you next week. See you guys.